It's car con carne. Let's eat in the car. It's car con carne. Welcome to Car Con Carne. I'm James Van Alstel. We are back in the car. It feels great to be back in the car. I'm joined by two entrepreneurs today. Uh, to my right, it is Mikey K of Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company. That food truck that is that a truck or is that is that a war wagon? What am I looking at? Out it's, there? it's a uh, it's a food trailer. It's so a food trailer. We we chose to go a food trailer over a food truck uh, because if my truck breaks down, I can always get another one and still make the event. You're a wise man. <laughs> That's why you're a successful entrepreneur. In the back seat, it is Mike Palin. He is the titular Mike of Microphone Brewing, which is where we're at right now in Elk Grove Village. I mean, Mike, pulling up to this place, there are people parking like two blocks down. It, it, it was like pulling up to a concert festival, like seeing people come out of their cars wearing microphone T-shirts, no less. It, it was. It was like... Elk Grove Village's version of Lollapalooza, people coming out to microphone today. Yeah, it's pretty insane considering that we're tucked back in the middle of this industrial park. You never believe that people be coming out here to drink beer. That's what's great do. about it. it. It's kind of like a modern speakeasy feel. For sure. Like, you, you got to know the right way to get there and the right passage, and then, boom, there you are. It's beer utopia. It's music utopia. Yep. So, Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company, the trailer's right in front of us. More importantly, the food is right in front of us. Right here. I'm telling you, you need like a little like dash tray. Dude, I need so much. Uh, <laughs> the internet has to make one. Someone out there in the internet world. Uh, this is the thing that caught my eye the second I saw it on your menu. Uh, by the way, your food trailer, just walking by. You know those cartoons in the old days where you'd, you'd see the character walking down a hall and then scent fingers would come from like a kitchen or something? They'd, they'd hook the person by the nose and pull them along? For sure. Yep. That's what happened when That's I That's why I'm kind of trailer. hoping his truck does break down so his trailer just has to sit here all day. <laughs> so this is pulled pork mac and cheese. Yep, that is our pulled pork mac. So what we do is we we take our, our heavy mac and cheese, put it right on the bottom, top it with a little bit of pulled pork, and then drizzle some of our barbecue sauce on it. And most people tend to like it. You, you want to go with the word drizzle there? I think you ladled that on there. That's no, there's just a drizzle. <laughs> and, then, and that is our chopped brisket. The reason we chop it is because most people don't know the difference between lean and fatty brisket, and I want to give you both. I want to make sure you get both that flavor inside of it. Here is the porkless mac and cheese. And that's just our regular mac and cheese. And then I gave you a little bit of cornbread right on the side because everyone likes cornbread. Delicious. All right, Mike, since you are really the host, you're the hospitality uh, person today, take what you want. i go with this little brisket. You want the brisket? Yeah. There you go. Good buddy. Thank you. You want the cornbread? I'm good right now. This is perfect. Okay. I, I've, I've got to try. You can try it all. Oh, my God, dude. Yeah. I, I'm telling you. Uh, and I knew better. I like I saw the menu, and we we'd been communicating. I skipped breakfast. Uh, I, 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 there's strategy around barbecue. Yes, it's a little bit heavy of a food. Mm -hmm. um, we're mm. not here for your uh, waistline in any way, shape, or form. No, <laughs> no, sir. Was cooking always your calling? Um, I think it should have been. I bounced around doing some other stuff in life, um, but I always kind of felt felt back to the kitchen, you know, fell back to the kitchen in, in a sense. Um, and it, it just feels like home. Right. If that, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? Uh, I enjoy being, being in the kitchen. I enjoy cooking. Uh, I enjoy feeding people most. I think that's the biggest thing is when you, when you feed somebody and then you see their reaction to the food, 
that's really what keeps you going. All right, well, um, I'm about to keep you going then. Yeah, let's see it. <laughs> it's so tender. The pork is so tender. Uh, the sauce has a little bit of a kick. A little bit, yes. It has a little bit of a peppery kick to mm -hmm. it. And it sneaks up on you. It's really good. But I love the combination of sauce, pork, and mac. So here we go. Yeah, this is like butter back here. <laughs> it's sweet. It's hot. It's creamy. And again, the, the tender pork makes this. Oh, this is this is trouble. And it's also heavenly. <laughs> this is a cause for concern. And so, Mikey, you've been doing these pop-ups. You just you you, you par partner up with breweries. This weekend, you're here at Microphone. Um, that's a great business strategy because people drinking awesome beer want to eat awesome food. Well, the, the thing is, like, they don't have kitchens, right? So we kind of looked at a need where it's like they they want people to still eat food because if, if you have a little bit of food in your stomach, you might, you know, have an extra beer or two. Mm -hmm. So then they're going to make a little bit more money. The people are going to be a little happier. They'll stay a little bit longer. And it just kind of it works well for both of us. You know, it's, it's a win-win. And I think that's one of the most important things is making making business decisions that are win-win for everyone involved. Because when it goes too one-sided, you tend not to you tend not to win in business. Hundred percent. My expertise was you know brewing, not running a kitchen. Right. And so I never wanted to take that on. I've learned from other places that have a kitchen, like you know hiring is a nightmare, inventory is a nightmare. So I didn't want to take that on, and this just became this perfect relationship. It, it really is symbiotic. Uh, Mike, tell us about the brisket. It, it is yeah. straight up butter. It is just melting in my mouth as it goes down. It's tender it's juicy you got like you said a little bit of that fat it is just it's dynamite so mikey how long does it take to to smoke your briskets so our briskets go anywhere between about 13 to 15 hours depending on the size of brisket that we get that day um and and the cow has a big part of it you know uh some briskets get to tender a little bit faster some briskets take a little bit longer but anywhere from about 13 to 15 hours is what we run our briskets for and then our pulled pork we run for about 13 hours also i love barbecue me too oh, true story this podcast started as a barbecue podcast eight years ago i just wanted to go to different barbecue places and eat barbecue and talk about it it could be worse right yeah. oh my god it's the perfect food and that's surprising <laughs> As we're sitting out here, again, the Fire and Smoke Barbecue Company food trailer is right in front of us. Burnt ends went like that. Gone. They go quickly, especially at a place like Microphone. I always uh, miss. You, you always, always miss. Always miss. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually gone in the first 15 to 25 minutes of us opening our doors. Um, and that's, you know, we, we bring a lot of food. So it, it's just it just moves quickly. Uh, it's something that we're really known for is our pork belly burnt ends. So... If you want them, you got to get there early. You know, we always get people that are like, we'll make more. I'm like, get here earlier. Yeah. And, and you should probably explain what burnt ends are. So we actually, so there's there's burnt ends or your traditional burnt ends come from the point of the brisket, right? We do something a little bit different. What we do is we take the pork belly, which is the cut that you get bacon from. We take that whole, whole pork belly, we cube it up. We uh, season it, and then it goes into the smoker. Once it develops a nice crust around it, and it kind of gets a little squishy, we take that and then we put it into a pan, and then it, we drizzle the barbecue sauce over it. And when I say drizzle, we ladle the barbecue <laughs> sauce over go. it to make sure that it gets this nice caramelization around it. Mm -hmm. And it goes, it goes back into the smoker, sits in there for about another hour, hour and a half, until it's perfect, and then we pull it and it co comes with us. Um, so we do a pork belly burnt end, which is not a ne not necessarily a traditional burnt end, sure. but we're in Chicago, so I can uh, 
I can change some of the some of the barbecue rolls. I got to be honest. I don't even want to interview you guys anymore. I just want to eat this. <laughs> I, I'm listening to what you're saying. I swear I am, Mikey. I just want to go off in a corner and, and shovel this in my mouth. This is you're going to so... listen when you edit all this, right? You're going to be like, oh, I forgot he said that. You know what's funny? Yeah, COVID afforded me a ton of time, and so we I got a Masterbuilt 560 uh, charcoal gravity smoker. And I've, and I've been dabbling, and I'm getting better and better. But when you come out and you try Mike's stuff, it's just like it just blows you away, and you, you really appreciate how skilled their team is and what they do and it's it's dynamite I feel the same way about you and I was about to say I'm sure home home brewers walk in the door here go in the tasting room they're like ah fuck I give up I thought I I knew what I was doing but you know (laughs) there it goes there there everything goes I gave it a good shot yeah (laughs) I had a good run (laughs) so I mean we're recording this in mid-July we're recording this on Saturday the 17th obviously the past year was awful for everybody respective to your two businesses are you able to exhale now, or is there still much to be done to just kind of refine your footing? I'll let you go first, Mike. I think um, for a lot of us in the food industry, uh, we're still not at exhale. We're still at uh, trying to come back from where we were. I know some places, uh, you know, did a little bit better. Some places did a little worse. Um, for a business model like I run, it was a little bit uh, a little bit harder. <laughs> breweries couldn't bring people in so I yeah. couldn't I couldn't see, sit there and, and sell them food but um, it, it there's a lot of different things that are going around right now like staffing issues um, making sure that you know we bring enough food now a lot of the events are starting to get bigger and bigger because a lot of people are sick of sitting at home and they're starting to get out which is fantastic so a lot, people are sick sure. of sick, a lot of people are sick of sitting at home to the point where I think I got here like two hours early. I'm like, <laughs> this is great. I'm going to microphone. I'm going to hang out with fire and smoke. Done. I'll just sit in the car and wait. I'm good. Yeah, the, uh, you know, we're we're getting on bigger fests. Fests are starting to come back, which is fantastic, mm-hmm. which means we can start making some real some real money and start, start moving some barbecue out the door. I love it. Uh, tell me about microphone. Yeah, it was funny when we heard that we had to kind of shut down for a little bit. We panicked. We're like, all right, let's, you know not brew any beer that's going to go out. Let's just make a bunch of barrel-edged beer. And then the next day, people were lining up to load up their refrigerators at home because they knew they couldn't go anywhere. And we right. were like, whoa, all right. So we <laughs> yeah, started they didn't making, want to sit at home sober. Yeah, we made it. We made way more beer than we ever anticipated making last year. But the transition now is that people probably still have a refrigerator at home stocked full of cans and bottles. So you're seeing that more people are going out and drinking draft, going out to restaurants, mm-hmm. going here even drinking draft. Um, and it's just, again, it's continuously adapting and adjusting which I'm getting sick of saying that word and that phrase but we have to I mean, we're trying to see every week what does it mean who's coming out what are they doing what are the consumer habits right now and it's still nowhere it was in 2019 but we're getting closer and closer every week I, I, I gotta be honest with you Mike I'm, wa- I'm sitting here waiting to get everything going I'm watching people walk out of the brewery and it, it looked like they were looting the place I mean people are carrying out you know cases of beer I mean cans and the bottles I mean it looked like they were stocking up for like in survival mode like that's what people do when they come here they they don't just buy one or two things they want to load up because they love your stuff yeah yeah we actually had a really cool week of releases we did two barrel age beer releases a, a collaboration with a, uh, a special glass that came out a super expensive hand-blown glass oh I saw um, that and he's actually here on site right now selling his other glasses too um, and it's just a really good week and I think people want to come back out and, and hang out and the weather, the weather's been a huge factor for us because you have a lot of people that still want to sit outside, don't want to sit indoors. Yeah, so it's not it's too raining, hot. The sun's out. It's today's perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Today is a perfect day. 
Um, and I can say that I've been up since, uh, I believe, 1 a.m. Oh, my That's God. the time we started the smoker. Uh, Which and, makes sense. You, you said how long it takes yeah, to, we to got, make a we brisket. Got it, we got her going. Um, and and it, uh, it, was, it was a beautiful night also. <laughs> and it, one of the many things I, we, love about microphone, the music aspect. I mean, I walked in today. The first thing I heard was Screeching Weasel. Like, shit, this is why you don't go to the neighborhood sports bar. This is why you come to microphone. So you want to hear something crazy that happened to us today uh, with going along with the music? I don't know if you guys were listening to the same damn playlist as we were at the exact same time, but literally I got out of my car and it was the exact same song playing. Wow. So, like, exact same song. And I was like, how did that? How did this happen? Like That's crazy. <laughs> how, how are we exactly in sync? Because it's pretty eclectic. I let the, the Taste Room staff pick and choose the music they want to play. And, you know, we've got two separate zones. So the, the back of house has their own music when the brewers are there. Mm-hmm. Front of house has their own music for consumers. And depending on who gets there first and who picks the music, it is different every day. Like I love that. My Taste Room manager, Jimmy's been on a Miley Cyrus kick. So you might have Miley Cyrus radio on one day. It was not Miley day. Cyrus. I'll no. tell you that. I'm just, I'm, <laughs> I, think, I think today is like Newfound Glory or something like that. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, it's, it's great. Yeah, because we had, I had AFI in my car, and that's what was playing when uh, when I got out. And I that was makes like, sense. Yeah, I was like, oh my god! But I'm like, what are the shots that are like AFI is playing in my truck, and <laughs> and at the place I'm coming up to? I love it. Well, Mike, t- talk a little bit about the music aspect, or the, just how that is important to your overall. Then the naming of the the beers, the, everything you do, the walls, which are covered in records. Yeah, I mean, as a kid, I, I love music. My, my parents had two totally different styles. My dad would be driving us around and blasting meatloaf. My mom was listening to NSYNC and Backstreet Boys. Um, but I always loved music, and I you know, actually sang in choir and played some medals at state competitions and stuff like that. And I always knew I loved music, but I wasn't as creative a musician as some of my <laughs> friends around me. So I'm like, you know what? Let me get into the management and marketing side of things. And I came down from Wisconsin to Chicago and started repping for Aware Records. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, and they had John Mayer and Matt Carney and a field of bands at the time. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I got a job in in the industry doing um, sitting in between Fortune 500 companies and consumers. And the way to bring those two together was through our eyes was music. And so we'd concept these really cool digital platforms. Consumer would buy a product, get a code to enter on a website, and unlock music downloads and a special streaming radio station and chances to meet the artist or win sign up memorabilia. So my job was to go out and license all that music and negotiate these deals. And then as that company kind of transitioned, I went over to work at School of Rock and did marketing for School of Rock both at the the um, schools here in the in the U.S. and then overseas as well. Oh wow! But in the background was it was making beer and you know my dad worked at Miller Brewing in Milwaukee. When I was growing up as a kid, he didn't brew. He was a steam fitter, but it was kind of kind of always a thing of our family. And my dad's like, but don't do what I do. You know, go get an education. Go do that stuff. And so I went to University of Wisconsin-Madison. It just so happened my botany class was like, either you can brew a beer or grow a garden. And I was like, well, I guess I'm brewing a beer. And it just, the bug hit me, and I loved home brewing. And once my wife and I got a house, and the basement was kind of perfect for a homebrew setup, we just kind of went at it. And, you know, leveraging my marketing background, I didn't want to hand somebody just an, a random amber bottle and they'd forget about it, what it was. Right. So, slapped, came up with microphone brewing, and it was my two passions of, of beer and music, and put them together, and, and here we are. And it's, now, I have that. I have this small little question, because I'm also married. Um, now, did she feel the same way about the uh, basement? being perfect for a brewing setup? <laughs> this is a fantastic question. This is great. 
You know, it was it was before we had kids, so our life was a little bit more. You know, so she was more okay time. with him. Yeah, okay. and then as as the kids were like, she's like, you're really gonna have somebody over at seven a.m. to brew a beer all day? And I was like, yeah, I get it. We're not doing that anymore. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's the one thing about homebrewing; it takes the same amount of time to brew a twenty barrel batch as it does to brew a five gallon batch. It's you know, you have to still go through the mashing process and the boil process, and cleanup is even worse. So <laughs> it takes up a good good full day there. But yeah, you can't uh, you can't just spray the floor. No, and have it go down a drain. Nope. The wife gets really mad if you spray the. Yep. Spray, spray you know what floor. I do miss though about homebrewing was the smell of our house. It just like you oh, walked in, you could just smell the, the hops, and it was like I miss that smell. And I haven't found a candle yet that replicates that. So Yankee Candle Company, get on it. <laughs> <laughs> Please note you must license this to microphone break. <laughs> uh, for people who are listening as opposed to watching the video, which you can watch on Facebook and YouTube, I did in fact finish the Mac. That was, I mean, I could go for a giant bowl of that. Like, I, it would, again, it would be trouble. Uh, I'm sure that's a good idea. My you God, Mike, for a week. Uh, yes. <laughs> worth it. Worth it. I'm calling in. That, that's. There we go. It's just when the sauce intermingles with the cheese and then the, there's the pork in there and there's a nice like bark on some of the, the person, pieces of pork wow yeah that, that's dynamite and Thank you, you think of mac as sometimes more of like a, a fall winter dish or like stout's the same thing you drink stout's in the in the winter when it's colder yeah. we're both in the same playing field we're like nope it's always stout season it's always mac season <laughs> yep it's always okay to consume mass carbs yep it's always <laughs> I'm a big fan you know Mike I, I've said this before and I still believe it as you're talking about music and brewing I kind of feel like independent breweries are very spiritually aligned with independent musicians. Just the approach, the way they're marketed, the way their fans and patrons pledge allegiance to the product. There seems to be a lot of overlap there. 100%. It's, it's a lot of DIY. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, it's brewing in your garage or, you know, starting your band in your garage. Um, it's a lot of street teams that you have your friends and, and schlepping it and getting out there and, and you know just doing everything you can to build awareness of your brand utilizing social media was a huge factor for us um, and I know that's what a lot of small bands do mm-hmm. and now the, the beauty of a band is that you can record in your, your garage and you can put that song out on uh, many different platforms and start building leverage to that and YouTube and all that stuff and it's it's really cool to see that you know a, a music and beer totally go hand in hand um, and we've always seen that we've always known that and you know, we're craft beer inspired by music. And I think there's some bands that are inspired by beer. <laughs> oh, yes. And let's be clear, barbecue is, that, that's the rock and roll of, of cuisine. I mean, I think, yeah, it's definitely a lifestyle. <laughs> right? <laughs> it, what, what, what made you say, I'm just doing barbecue. That's my thing. I'm going to specialize in this. I am devoting my life to pit beans and pulled pork. Um, I have an infatuation with fire. So there's something about cooking over an open flame, which is how we do it. Uh, we use a stick burner. There's no shortcuts in, in what we do. Um, and it's, it's, there's an infatuation with, with the flame. Uh, you're never fully in control, although you think you are, but you're really not. And it's kind of every cook is different. Mm-hmm. Every, every log that you're throwing in is going to react a little bit different um, from the way that it ignites to the way that it burns to the way that, you know, it, it forms a nice charcoal bed. It, it everything's kind of uh, everything's different. That's the thing I've learned. Just and, and Mike, you may have experienced the same thing with your smoker. There's so much left to chance, and there's so much you have to kind of take on in faith. You have to just have and faith that this cook will happen in this amount of time. Don't mess with it. And that's a hard thing for people to do. And it's the same thing with beer too. Like you patience, 
patience is so key in both making beer and in making smoking meats. I remember when I got my first stall, and I was like, "What the heck's going on? Why we're not getting to temp? How did it actually dip in temp? Like, what's going on?" <laughs> like, getting through that stall is like taking every bit of patience you have, but you gotta go trust the process and you gotta let it go through it. Um, and it's, it's rewarding at the end of the day, and just like beer, you wait your few weeks to to go through fermentation and. You wait for it to crash out properly, and then package it, and you're like, "That was all worth it." Because yeah, isn't there a stall with like a lot of a lot of big meats tend to stall, and what they mean by stall is uh, the way that uh, heat goes into into a big piece of meat is it kind of goes into the center and then bounces back out, right? Well, eventually the meat kind of just balances itself out and starts to sweat, and as that meat starts to sweat, just like you start to sweat, like it cools your body down, right? Well, it cools the meat down also, so we get this like stall that basically cools the meat down and a lot of people are like oh what do i do what do i do oh no what do i do you kind of wait you kind of just wait patiently um you can wrap it and that'll help help push it um some guys what they'll do is right before they know that the meat's about to stall normally stalls right about like 165 175 um Mm -hmm. what they'll do is they'll start raising the temperature of their smoker so that it it helps i've been been that guy so it just helps push it at that point uh what really heartens me is we're sitting here again the barbecue trailer is in front of us. Microphone's right behind us. I'm watching a steady flow of people walking out with product for microphone. I'm watching people line up in front of the trailer. I love seeing independent independent business not only come back from this shit show we were in, but just thrive. This is this is exciting to watch. Sit from this neutral perch and see you guys doing business here in the industrial section of Elk Grove Village. I love it. Yeah, yeah. It was hard, you know, when we couldn't have interaction, we couldn't have customers here. We really kind of struggled coming to work every day it was just like a monotonous all right we're just making beer and this and that mm-hmm. we we built two tasting rooms and a patio to have that energy yeah. to get instant feedback to kind of just to see our crowd and, and be with them um, when we didn't have that it was really tough and then when we couldn't have food trucks out we couldn't have partners out here to do events it was just like what are we doing this is not what we set out our business to be um, and so the minute we could have customers back out, it was like, all right, yeah. here we go again. And it feels so much good, better every day to come in and be like, all right, now we got it. Let's go. I love it. All right. So as far as microphone goes, you've got a big week going on. Uh, Beer-wise, what's on the menu? What, what, what's exciting? What should people come in and, and... The most exciting thing about microphone right now is that we have the most diverse menu we've ever had <coughs> in our existence. When we first started, we were making hoppy beers and stouts and mm-hmm. fruity Berliners. Now we've got several different lagers and pilsners including one of my favorite beers right now is an Italian style pilsner that we made is that called, the jagged little pill no it's called <laughs> hey mambo mambo italiano <laughs> okay my uh, my in-laws are Italian so actually if you look at the label you'll see two hearts on the label and that's where my in-laws are from um, and, an Italian pilsner is a dry hopped German pilsner and so it's got a lot more expression up on the aroma and um, a little bit more hops to it too so it's a really good, good easy drinking beer but super flavorful and aromatic um, and then we just released two bang and barrel aged stouts. And if you come to microphone and you go in the blue room, you can look into the back and you'll see almost 253 gallons filled, the bourbon barrels. Yeah. Um, and that's, we've spent a lot of money and a lot of time and space into that project. And as time has gone on, you know, we're, we first were aging only eight months. Now we're aging 14 as a minimum up to 20, 24, 28 months. And it's really paid dividends because you're seeing these barrels give you just so much more flavor than you would if you didn't barrel age it and didn't do it long enough. I, um, I was one of those guys. I went in the room and put my hands up against the glass so I could peek in. Yep. Yeah, we usually look like, if we're back there working, we usually look like, you know, zoo animals back there. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I'm like, oh, and I got a little bit of a glare, so I pushed myself up like I was at the zoo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, now, as far as what you have going on with, with 
the food trailer. Uh, what's next for you after this weekend? So it, people may not see or hear this until after you've pulled up the stakes for a microphone. Um, so we uh, we will be on Algonquin Founders Day Fest Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Um, and then we will also be at Tighthead on Thursday night uh, pulling double duty. Um, and then same thing with Riverlands in St. Charles. So Tighthead's in Mundelein. We're there from 5 to 7.30. Uh, get there early. We sell out quickly there. Um, and then same thing at Riverlands. I believe we're there. Uh, we're there Friday, so we're there five to eight, and that's in St. Charles. I love it. I got to give him a shout out real quick though too. Uh, booking food trucks is a really difficult process. It's a lot to manage, a lot to get them out here, and then there's a lot of times where they cancel on us. They don't do that. Barton's book. They are here. They come every time and they kill it, and then they take care of my staff. So, big shout out to these guys for sure. Oh, thank you. You got to have allies in this business, absolutely. From all corners, you got to have allies. All right. So, microphones website is microphonebrewing.com, and then your website is fireandsmokebbq.com. Love it. Love you guys. This was delicious, and I, I, I can't believe we never met musically right? through the years. I mean, I, I mean, I remember going to see the Room for Squares. Mayor show at Shuba's. Back we probably the did then. We probably did, or probably some you know showcases or or something that we had at some point. Yeah, I mean, because I was at XRT at the time, and Mayor yeah, was coming yeah. up, and Latterman was calling me. I like I remember all that stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. All right, Mike, Mikey, thank you so much for doing this. Absolutely, thanks for having us. All right, it's Carcon Carne. Thanks for watching and listening. <laughs>